You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, before we get started, let me tell you about Dodge. See your authorized Dodge dealer and experience a world of performance, design, and fuel efficiency. Schedule a test drive today. Go to Dodge.com and check out our powerful lineup. Welcome to Castro CarCast. I am Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. We have our buddy Bill Goldberg on the line, back from weeks and weeks of filming uh, uh, Forged and Fire, Knife or Death. Uh, welcome back, buddy. How was filming? Was good? Uh, Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I understand there are some brutal conditions over there. We'll get into some car stuff as well, but... Uh, uh, it's it's like the weather kind of messes up. Uh, explain that to me. The weather messes up, and then it gets hot. Well, firstly, uh, yeah, I'm greatly appreciative to have the second season of Forging or Forged and Fire Knife or Death on History Channel. Uh, we filmed it in Atlanta again, which was a great location, except for the fact that the first time we filmed season one, it was uh, you know January, February, and so it wasn't uh, the most humid of times in the Deep South. And uh, this time we chose the most humid of times in the deep <laughs> south, which was which was the entire month of August. But I mean, hey, at the end of the day, uh, uh, <laughs> there you go, uh, it, there you go. At the end of the day, twice, so everybody can drink twice now. Yeah, um, it's 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 a, it was an honor and a privilege to be a part of it. Man, we stepped up our game exponentially. Uh, the second season just far outweighs the first. I mean, I can't tell you how many people went to the hospital, but nobody died. Um, it was uh, it was really close to uh, a couple people impaling themselves. Oh my gosh! But I mean, it was uh, it, it, we upped our game in every respect. And we have uh, a lot more episodes now, right? It, oh man, we did sixteen episodes. It was it was awesome, man. We just uh, I, I just can't wait to see it, man. They, what a turnaround! October the third, it comes out. So. Um, it was a lot of fun, but it was a pain in the butt. Re- you know, the rain in the south, the humidity uh, immediately following, uh, not to mention the thunderstorms, which uh, kind of close you down, shut you down when you're shooting in a tin building. And uh, it was great, though. Had a great time. But it was uh, it was a month away from the family, uh, though they were out there for a short period of time. And, and most importantly, it was a month away from my cars, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you didn't ship anything out there just for fun, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought about it, and I thought about the Hidden Road Atlanta, but unfortunately, every single weekend I was out doing something out of town, and yeah. uh, I'm not going to complain about those fun trips like Roadkill. Uh, yeah. That was a nice little trip. And uh, But, you know, hey, um, second season, October 3rd, you, you won't be able to see how much pain I was in the whole time, but but it was fun, man. We had, we had a great time. It's it's weird because what you're saying is is there's thunderstorms and you're in a big metal building, and and when the thunderstorms are there, you kind of have to shut down everything, everything electronic, so it doesn't get fried if it gets struck by lightning or something. That means no air conditioning or or anything. Bingo. So you guys have to basically just sit there in a box and, and sweat it out and fry it and. Was and it, it's look. I used to live in Florida. It was it was it was it was terrible when you're when you're when you 
don't have at least some amount of air conditioning or something that's going on. So, uh, uh, unfortunately, I had a big SUV that had the freezing cold air, so that was my go-to. Right, Uh, just go sit in the back of a, a a, yeah, go sit in an escalator or something for twenty minutes to cool down for a while, and then you have to run back in and film and run back out and. And uh, and whatnot. So I, I get it. It's it's hectic, but uh, glad you guys got season two. Looking forward to sixteen episodes. You guys check that out in history. The beginning of October. Um, uh, we've been running around doing a bunch of stuff. I think the last time we were together was at Roadkill Nights. Uh, we appreciate um, everybody that continues to listen to the show, and I love all your social media comments. And everybody's got their their quirks, their go. phrases, their little bugs. Everybody's got their thing that we do on the show. Uh, nice I'm sure up. I like that, and uh, and and that's part of it. And and it just shows that you guys are listening. And uh, well, at the end at the end of the day, there you go. Um. <laughs> There's Bill's go to phrase, and somebody <laughs> somebody wrote to me and they said this is a drinking game. Every time Bill says at the end of the day and i said i don't think we'd make it through a show but let's go ahead and, and try anyway so maybe we're going to start doing with uh, uh in the evening before bed or some other version of at the end of the day but uh uh i appreciate everybody uh, commenting and coming up with quirky little things listen i'm down for this chris is gonna he's here as well he's, he's in the and booth listening now. and and chris is I already dry i can completely fry y'all's brain by by saying it you know, as many times as humanly possible. But, <laughs> at, 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 you know, the, the fact is, is anybody who's been hit in the head and hit his head on so many inanimate <laughs> objects as I have, yeah. um, the, the fact that I even have retention to remember at the end of the day, I think it's just a go-to, you know, it's a button or a reset button in my brain or something like that. But, um, you know, I, I, I got an excuse, man. I, I, I've had heavy activity <laughs> well, throughout my years. Listen, that's o- valid. Over the years of doing CarCast, nine years doing CarCast, we've had a bunch of people come in with some great ideas. Um, like we played this uh, stoplight game, uh, Adam Kroll and I. So somebody got an idea of uh, at the end of the day game that we can play on this show. You let us know and we'll send it over to Chris. Send it to carcastshow at gmail.com. Pitch your ideas to Chris, and he's going to see if the, if there's a good segment or a little game we can play every once in a while. I on think show. everybody does 10 push-ups every time I said it <laughs> yeah. at the end of well, the day. I'm going to have to get a headset. Have some big, buff, badass dudes walking the planet again instead <laughs> of little guys. Yeah, right? Um, uh, but if we do them as well, I need like a headset with a microphone on it because I can't sit in this thing, in this chair, and do this. But okay, so. This is where we are. We're, we're back now. Last week, um, uh, Goldberg was still filming. I was traveling. So we played you our live show from Monterey with Pete Brock and, uh, and John Morton and the guys from Nissan. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that show. I know it was loud and stuff in the background. Um, the last time Bill and I were together was at Roadkill Nights. And now we can address this. Congratulations to Goldberg for winning the drag racing, right? And bringing the virtual title home to CarCast. And uh, let's just, hey, hey, let, hey. let's go say, we could say this right now that uh, here's our f- official invitation. Roadkill versus CarCast for a drag racing rematch. So uh, Freiburger, Finnegan, you guys are listening. Uh, we're down anytime. Invite uh, Leah uh, Pritchett. Invite anybody you want. Let's go out there and let's do this again. We're uh, Dodge, if you're listening, we're ready to go. We're ready to we'll go. We're we'll to defend Perdome. the title. We'll get, we'll get Perdome out there with us, and we'll have some fun. That's right. That's I'm going to hit up uh, Ron Caps, get a little more coaching. 
We like yeah, Cappy. Cappy's right down the street. And, uh, uh, and, and we're, we're down for it anytime. Let's go out there. Let's film it. Let's put it on Roadkill. Whatever you guys want to do. Uh, Freiburger, Finnegan, you guys want to come into the studio and shit talk a little bit? Come on in. And, so let's, and let's talk do. specifically. Let's talk specifically. Let's address the the uh, areas that we were addressing prior. You know, with you getting the car for a, a little bit of time and yeah. wondering about going in in automatic or manually shifting the automatic or you know taking going in track mode. So what was your what was your assessment of what you thought going in and after? We did what we did. What do you what do you think of uh, the results? And I'm well, not rubbing it in. I'm just saying let's let's download and try to figure out because you know what I ended up doing was completely different than what I thought I was going to do. Yeah, and and what you and I did what was different. So um, I I didn't have much luck. Like I drove the car for about a week um, before we went out there and. And it was exactly what you said. Good luck trying to hook up. I think you and I even spoke to each other on the phone once or twice. You're like, how are you doing with that car? I was like, I have no idea. This thing won't hook up. Like, it's just so much low-end torque. And I didn't really think about it at the time. But uh, while I was driving the car here, when I got there, I talked to Mike Finnegan. And he said, oh, he he said, I think I'm going to try to launch from second gear instead of first and see if I can get a little bit more traction. I was like, I like that idea. So my theory was I'm going to put it in manual mode and I'm going to paddle shift and I'm going to start from second gear. My uh, The other thing that I did, now I think Finnegan did the same thing. The other thing that I did that I don't think anybody else did was – I did the the least amount of burnout. My theory was we're running on street tires, and street tires can get slick when they get too hot. I know the burnout is a big show, so I drove through the water box, and I just lit them up enough to get the water off. That's all I did. So I was trying to keep the tires just a little warm, but not slick, not melty slick. I launched in manual mode from second gear. I rolled in the throttle. And, and the first run I did was up against Christy Lee, and uh, and she was fast, and was we we had a great so did time. You use the la- you use the launch button. No, I didn't. I did it all. Okay. I did it all manually. So I was in okay. full street suspension. I didn't put. I didn't do sport mode. I didn't do track mode. I didn't anything. I did it in street suspension because I wanted the suspension to to be soft in the back. I wanted to to try to shift weight to the back a little bit, and I thought track mode might be more road racing thing. I wasn't quite sure because we weren't in Demons. We were in Hellcats. And I just thought maybe I could shift some weight to the rear tires in street mode. So I don't know if that theory worked, but that's what I did. I rolled out in just plain Jane street mode. I clicked the shifter into manual. I paddle shifted at the starting line to second gear. And then I raced Christy Lee. I got the whole shot. And I was I was ahead of her the whole time. And what I did was is I wound out second gear, shifted into third with the paddle shifter, and even then the car broke loose and got a little squirrely. She caught up to me about midway through my car. Like she didn't pass me. She got up to my door. And and that's right when I got traction and I held her off and I beat her. So I went back in the car and I said, I like that strategy. For me, it was all about the whole shot. Okay, so then I lined up with you, and then uh, I did the same thing. I said, "Okay, I'm in manual, 
basically no burnout, very little burnout. I'm in manual. I'm in second gear. I launched from second gear, and I just I just rolled into the throttle. But this time, I was going to short shift it. Instead of winding out at 7, I was going to short shift at 5, get into third as quickly as possible, and then kind of hammer down and see how quickly I can go to third. And you and I uh, got up to the line. Uh, the guy dropped the arms. I believe I got the whole shot, and I was in front a little bit. Um, which is w- what I wanted. My whole idea was if I can get the whole shot, I can hold off anybody. That was the idea. Uh, and then this is what happened for me. For well, I didn't win. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, this is – I completely messed this up. Driver error on my part, right? So I just got my butt kicked fair and square. But, uh, but what happened was um, – there on the back of the uh, steering wheel for those Dodges. There's that little button in the middle where it changes the radio, and, and then there's and then there's the the flap for the for the shifter for you know the the paddle shift and the paddle shift doesn't have movement to it. It 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 moves like an eighth of an inch and it clicks and it's in gear. It's not like a paddle shift that you really have to pull toward you or even need to reach. It's not like a paddle shift where you need a. Where you could, like, if you wrap your, your hands around the steering wheel, your fingers are on the paddle. There are some cars where the paddle is you have to take your finger off the steering wheel and wrap your, your, your fingers around the paddle as if you were riding a bicycle and you were going to grab the handbrake, right? A little bit like that. Um, so what I did was I went to go shift from second to third. I shifted into third, but I hit that button for the radio, and I thought I didn't shift. I thought I hit the radio button, which I did, but I didn't know I shifted as well. So I quickly shifted again. So I was in second, and I went boom, boom, third, fourth. And yeah. I was immediately into fourth, and then you got right up on me, and I, I actually downshifted back to third to see if I can get momentum, and there was no way I could. You had a smooth run the whole time, and... And 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 beat me, but uh, that's that's how I launched my car. Tell us how you launched yours. So, but so it was completely opposite of how you prepared to launch it. Okay, is that correct? Yes, I mean, I I I did what I planned on doing, but I missed a shift. It, it's silly to say I'm the only idiot. No, on but the, meaning, on the planet. meaning meaning when you had the car and you prepped for it out here. You had a, the same plan that you went through with. No, okay. not not at all. So when you got there, you completely changed your plan. I did, that's right. I was out here and I was just putting it in automatic mode. I specifically asked for. I knew we were going to race automatics, so I specifically yeah. asked Dodge, "Will you lend me an automatic so I can find out what's going on?" I never even thought to, to shift from second gear. Um, and Finnegan put that in in my head, and that was a great idea. But running around here, all through Venice and Glendale, and all this. I was just trying to feather from first gear, and you can't do it. <laughs> like you can't do it on the street. Maybe you can get a little more traction on the on the racetrack, but it, it, I had a tough time doing it. So, well, the only thing that I did that I pre-planned was that I rolled off the line. Right. Okay. So that so- that, that was it. You know, beyond that, um, I was going to manually shift. I did put it in track mode. Um, it, it's the first time I've been in one of those wide bodies, which really didn't make much of a difference. Right. Um, but first time I was in, I mean, all the, every run I was in track mode. Um, 
uh, let's see here. Um, and then I just roll off the line and I did not want, I don't know. I, I just, I didn't want to think of too many things going down the track, you know? So I just wanted to simplify everything and I wanted to use my balls and have that be the, the determining factor because in every gear, when that car shifted, it did break loose, but yeah. I stayed with it. The, I stayed in it the whole time. Right. So you and, just, you... And, and with having the, the seat time in that car, I have the ability to to know what it's going to do when it breaks loose and to be able to to bring it back. So because you because of that time you put it in track mode, but then just left it in straight up drive, automatic drive, and, and you just you got it rolled off the line and slammed I, it the whole way down the track, and just felt it with your foot, and you just whatever you felt yeah. a little, you just try to throttle it the whole way, like a little That's up and it. down, up and down. Look, that's uh, all I did. It was consistent. You know, it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't beat anybody out of the hole in an unbelievable hole shot, and I didn't smoke anybody down the track. It was just like you said. It was. It was baseline. Um, so I, I. I didn't have any mistakes, and I relied upon everybody else shifting gears and making that one mistake and losing to the computer in my car, basically. Right, and you didn't hit the wall like that knucklehead Richard Rawlings. <laughs> no, I did not hit the wall. Though I. I did plan on. You know, starting off in a burnout like like Richard did, and taking it all the way down the course. But in my demon, which is the only thing that I've done that in, um, it's it gets sideways. You know, and you got to dance it down the quarter mile in that two lane right there with that wall on the left. That wasn't a very smart thing to think that it was realistic. If you're Hubinette, you could maybe do that. You know, but um, it, it's a it, it's. It's a lot of power, and if you move to the left about two feet, you'll end up doing what what Richard did. So yeah, look, I what, chose against that. the The first run that I made, and all everything happened very quickly. We're just in a car, and you go. The first run that I made, uh, when I hit that second to third shift, um, that car that car got a little squirrely, and I thought I was going to hit the cones in the center line. But <laughs> I, I I was like, hey. Hey man, it's like I don't want to be the one to wreck a car. I don't mind hitting a cone. Yeah. So when it got squirrely, I kind of leaned it toward the center line because if I took out two cones, no big deal. But if I hit yeah. the if I hit the barriers, I was like, that's a that's a bad day for me. Uh, yeah. um, you know, that's look, a car I, cast bill right there. That's right. I don't have you know I don't have gas monkey money that uh, I can go pay for that. <laughs> Not that he had to pay for it anyway, but uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, don't fool yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but listen, but it was a great experience. It man. was, it was so a lot much of fun. fun. I right? sure as hell didn't go there to think and thought that I was going to win by any means. I just wanted to do a good showing and not, you know, be emasculated by you and or every other person there. <laughs> and and I, I just like you said, we didn't have time to really think about shit. No, we just literally got in the car and go, and the other car came back. We got in the car and went. And, I mean, it was an even playing field, although our credentials didn't stack up comparatively to a couple other people. But yeah. it was great, man. It was a lot of fun. I, you know, thank everybody for coming out, and it was a cool. It was cool to do CarCast there, and and uh, we got to go back next year and kick some ass. But in the meantime, yeah, we got a little uh, a little side deal going with uh, the Roadkill Boys. Yeah, they were fun, and we enjoyed uh, going up against them, and we would gladly do it again anytime. And by the way, that CarCast episode we did with Leah Pritchett and Mark Trossel from uh, Dodge, that was super fun, and now he's my Instagram buddy. 
He's <laughs> awesome, dude. Mark, he, he's been my buddy on Instagram for so long, man. Yeah. Because I just froth over all his, his shots outside of his barn with all his dodges, you know? Um, right on. All right. So let me tell you guys about Wrangler real quick. So everyone has a favorite pair of jeans that fit perfect and they always look great. No one knows this better than Wrangler. Bill, I feel like you're kind of a Wrangler guy with the boots and the uh, jeans. Yeah, I'm from Oklahoma, you know. Yeah, I, I can throw a set of Wranglers on. Wrangler jeans. Made for modern-day adventurers, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or a skateboard, these jeans are for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, and a price that works for you. Plus, they have vintage re-releases. If you visit Wrangler.com and you check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, and outerwear for men and women. New styles, great fits, Wrangler, real comfortable jeans. I feel like maybe Wanda's into this. She's she's always on horses and running around your giant. Yeah, well, you know estate. that that was in the pa- that was in the past. <laughs> Unfortunately, she launched herself off of one of those horses, and three weeks ago, fractured her ankle in two places. Oh, really? Oh my gosh! And so, yeah, it always happens when I'm out of town doing a shoot. You know, uh, uh, apprentice. Yeah, a hundred moons ago, she got the swine flu, and uh, I had to get fired off of that show just to come home and take care of her. But this time, uh, yeah, you know, I just let me throw a shout out there to all the women, uh, you ladies who are uh, are are wives or are you know single parents. I don't know how the hell you do it because you know I've been trying to take the load on for Wanda while she's been you know hobbling around, mm-hmm. and whether it's baseball practice to football practice to lunch to taking them to a physical, to stuff around the house. Man, I don't know how these chicks do it, but my hat's off and everything else. I'm going to bow like three million times to yeah. them. But By the way, you have a ranch. There's like a, there's like a million animals there that got looked after all the time. There's dogs and horses and all kinds of stuff going on. Yes, it, it's exponentially uh, responsibility-laden. It's it, It's... It's fun, but man, it's it's a, it's a chore. It's all good. It's all good, man. Um, just uh, we're gonna. How about we'll go through a couple of questions? We'll have uh, uh, Chris pull a few questions, but uh, I'll tell you what's going and on. We got to talk about your car. Oh. I don't want to interrupt you, but I yeah. I, uh, I see you've uh, done a couple of things to that bad boy. I've done some things to the to the Hellcat also. Well, so, uh, we can update. So that. I came back and I was uh, tooling around on on the BMW and. Uh, uh, you know, I got that new supercharger installed. I've been running around town. I've been running it pretty, uh, pretty good. It's fast, man. It it's definitely making some power, and it's fast. I've really got to get that new clutch in it. It's killing my knee. It takes like two legs to push that thing down. There's definitely something wrong with it. And now my theory on it is is sort of compounded. Um, you know, the original starter, although old, only has twenty two thousand miles on it. The original starter broke. It, it it failed. It stopped working. We installed a new starter. Maybe I just made the mistake of going with some sort of over-the-counter rebuilt starter, but that thing lasted two months, not even 1,000 miles, and now the freaking starter is broke again. <laughs> I was waiting for your van. And, and I was like, God damn it. And you got to pull the intake <laughs> manifold off to get to it. And my intake manifold is an air-to-water intercooler. 
So I got to take that stupid thing off to get to the starter again because it's not underneath the car. It's kind of on top of the engine. Um, but my, my, my issue is this is, okay, I'll, I'll go buy a starter. I'll get the quality one or whatever, the Bosch or the BMW one. But is that going to solve my problem? Is there something else going on with the car uh, that is doing something, putting some additional load on the starter or whatever? And like, I get it. It's supercharged. However, it is a lower compression motor. It's a built motor. I've got pistons and, 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 and rods and stuff done on that car. It's nine and a half to one compression. Uh, so, And it's a centrifugal supercharger. It, so... I mean, I guess there's a, a version of building into the tune. I can pull some timing out on initial startup so it's easier to start. But I don't think it's that. But the starter always sounded a little weird to me. So now I'm starting to question maybe maybe there's a couple <laughs> broken teeth on the on the flywheel and it was it was chewing up the starter or maybe a piece of metal or, or one of the, the teeth from the flywheel is caught in the starter and that kind of broke it. But uh, – of course, every time it breaks, I'm nowhere near home. I was down in Orange County. I was recording Shift and Steer with the the other podcast I do with the guys. So after the podcast, I was like to Brad Fanshaw and Aaron Hagar. It's like, hey, guys, what are you doing? They're like, oh, we got work to do. It's like, yeah, before you do that, come outside, give me a push. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, we push started the car and I drove it home. Push starting it, it fires right up. That's why I don't think it's like... I don't think it's like a high compression issue like you'd think on some some built motors or some built race cars. Uh, so I don't know. I've got to go in and kind of figure that out. Um, I grabbed – I came over here and I grabbed my Alfa Romeo Spider. It's a fun little car to run around. The weather right now has been pretty cool. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of cloud cover and it's been cool. So it's fine to drive. Um, but it, it makes it tough as kind of a, a commuter car because, you know, I – I had a bunch of work done on the car, and it's fantastic. And then the air worked for two days, but I think there was a leak in the system, so the AC doesn't work. And my problem isn't isn't rolling down the window, you know, to get air in there. My problem is is when I'm in when I'm in the car for forty five minutes or an hour, going to the studio or or down Orange County to record, I've got to get some work done, so I got to make phone calls and stuff. And in an Alfa Romeo Spider with the windows down at sixty miles an hour, you can't do that. You can't do that at all. So that's kind of my issue. Everybody's like, "Hey, it's a Spider. You're supposed to drop down the drop the top and cruise around." Absolutely, you're right. At night, I love it. On the weekends, it's great, but it it makes it tough to sit in the car for two hours going back and well, forth. Well, that you can't hide from the paparazzi problem. That's true as well. I, yeah. Oh, also maybe my plates are expired. <laughs> but, but that's but that's less of a concern. That's less of a concern. So here I am. I'm I'm down a BMW because of a starter issue. And uh and of course me being me I'm going to take it back over to my guy, my tuning guy, and I'm going to say, let's fix the starter, and while we're in there, let's swap out the crank pulley and get a few extra pounds of boost off that supercharger, and uh, and let's clean up the tune. So if I'm going to bring it back over there, I want you know I want another 40 horsepower out of it. So I think I'm running like 15 pounds of boost, and I think I can run like 18. <laughs> oh, that 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 stuff won't start breaking at all. <laughs> no, uh, I mean you're good, man. You just keep up in that boost. Oh, um, what's uh, <laughs> what's going on? What's going on with you now? That you're back home. Mine is mine is a much more simplistic, you know, endeavor. You know, it's the the, the challenger. 
uh, that that Richards Richards got working on. It was up at uh, Richard Magnaflo Wade from Magnaflow, yeah, yeah, for X amount of time, and then it went to uh, uh, KW did the suspension for it, and then it went to Shoreline Motors up in Huntington, and then uh, Bear jumped on board. So next to the brakes, we're going to get some big monsters, even bigger than the than the uh, the Hellcat, you know, stock brakes, which are exponentially better than the Demon brakes. Um, and uh, I'm going to hopefully pick that bad boy up in the next couple of days and give her a ride and see how that new suspension is. It should be nice to drop it down, I think, an inch and a quarter in the back and an inch in the front and tighten it up a bit and, you know, should be able to take corners one hell of a lot better. And, um, so you got to get out there and you just got to beat on it a little bit and let it settle in and see how you like it. Maybe it needs a little Absolutely. adjustment, some tuning and stuff. But uh, So those guys were hard at work while you were away, while you were out doing the TV show. Richard Waitis and his guys were, uh, were, were wrenching away on that thing. That sounds awesome. Dude, I can't wait. It's, a, it, it's, a, it's plan B, you know, basically jackhammer plan B, but um, I'm, I'm just as jazzed about it. As I was the original build, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a second. Do you know that in that commentary at Roadkill, they referred the entire time to the cars as the Red Eye? Oh, did they? Yeah, I, I, I'm curious about that. And next year, I would imagine if we do that again, that's what we'll be driving, and hopefully that's the case because. Hopefully, mine will be ready in the beginning of, or the end of October, and uh, that'll be a nice little addition to the garage. Yeah. How many did you order? Three? Four? <laughs> I just got one this time, man. Are you kidding me? I, I gotta, and that means I got a month to get my wife a, a, another car. So <laughs> I see. Yeah, I'm on a clock. I'm on a clock. But, yeah, the, uh, that red eye is going to be killer, dude. Uh, Trussell, you know, we talked about it a little yeah. bit on the, on the side. Um, again, they hooked me and, uh, they did, you know, well, I'm I got- just, I'm going to forecast the future. The future is going to be this and everybody document me and I'm probably going to get a phone call from the guys, but the future is going to be a, a wide body, a wide body red eye charger. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, so, not to, uh, not to put more on your plate as far as uh, your shopping list of vehicles, but Don't, um, please. But, oh, uh, I know what you're going to segue into. I just, yeah, please do. I just reached out to our friends at Dodge and said, um, "I'm here. I'm back in town for a few weeks, um, and then you know we're going to Rent Sport, and then we're back for a little while before uh, SEMA. So in the next uh, month or two, um, how about sending over uh, a, a track hawk?" The Jeep Trackhawk, so I can see how that thing uh, tools around. So um, expect a report on that at some point. <laughs> you always get the cool vehicle. <laughs> well, come on up, and we'll uh, we'll figure something out. And uh, um, all right, we're going to hit a few questions, but before we do, I'm going to tell you guys <clears throat> about uh, Continental. It's funny because uh, I was thinking about these guys as I was. Uh, throwing blower belts a couple of months ago. <laughs> if you think of all the weird things that you find in cars, you know, I'm not talking about French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about weird stuff like live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that makes you wonder about folks. Well, another thing that'll make you wonder, but in a good way, are continental belts. 
I bet you didn't know there are OE and tens of millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. There are also OE on a majority of BMWs and VWs. BMWs like mine. Now, Continental is launching their aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series. These belts are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. And Continental has the OE technology series multi-V belt for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. So listen, you got enough surprises working on your cars and trucks already. I know I do. A belt shouldn't be one of them. Go with the Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit oetechnologyseries.com. That's oetechnologyseries.com. All right, Chris, what do you got? All right, and uh, thanks to everybody who writes in uh, to carcasshow at gmail.com asking questions as well as Facebook. This is an email question from Mitch, Matt Goldberg. The new Mustangs are really catching my attention. What are your thoughts on the new Bullet versus the Shelby GT350? I'd be looking for something that I could street, but would also be a respectable track car with different tires. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah. Uh, that, good for That's your specialty. I was going to say, uh, as a Mustang fan, I can talk about this for days, um, but... Uh, uh, look, we just spent a lot of time with the Mustang Bullet. Um, I did. I drove it back from San Francisco. I had a great time with it. And it fits within a lineup. This is planned specifically by those guys at Ford, right? They have the EcoBoost. They have a GT. They have a Bullet, which is like a GT with all of the performance options. And it's meant to be the most sports car-like in the lineup. The GT350 is meant to be their sort of race car. They're a street legal race car. So there is a difference between the cars. Now, the Bullet has Magnetic Ride, or their Magna Ride, whatever they call it, um, which is, I think, optional on the GT350, or maybe it was optional the first year of the GT350. Now it probably comes with it. Um, so my thought on it is this, is I absolutely love the Bullet. It was a fantastic everyday driving car. I like it so much, I'm thinking about getting one. Um, but... There is something about the GT350 GT350 that I love as well. I love that engine. I love that flat plane crank. I know there's been some issues with vibration and things like that. They're trying to address or they might have addressed. Um, But uh, Ford has done a pretty good job on trying to make that flat plane crank exclusive, meaning it's not available in a crate engine and it won't be available in the upcoming GT500, the GT500 that it should be out in like January is going to have the same GT350 engine, 5.2 liter with all of those, you know, the larger throttle body and, and whatnot, um, but not the flat plane crank. However, it will have a supercharger. So it'll be a 700 horsepower version of a GT350, and that flat plane crank will be exclusive to the GT350. So my my question, my answer to you is this, and and Bill, feel free to jump in on any thoughts you may have. But uh, for everyday driving, I think you have no problem with a Mustang Bullet. I think it's a great car, and for around fifty grand, there's a hell of a lot of bang for the buck. The GT three fifty, I also think, is fantastic, um, but uh, I think. If if you're if you're not concerned with collectability, 
you can get a GT350 and drive it all the day and put all the miles you want on it. But I think a lot of people that bought those cars are not putting a lot of miles on them. They're hitting up cars and coffee on the weekends or maybe doing a track day. Um, and I think uh, they're trying to keep the miles low. And maybe they, you know, it goes at Barrett-Jackson in a few years. Who knows? Uh, that's fine. If that's your motivation, that's fine. But it sounded like your question was what car to drive every day. I, I would be fine putting miles on either one of those cars. It's just something to consider. Um, uh, but, you know, that being said, that's that's where it comes down to, collectability, I think. I think there's a little more collectability with the GT350 than there is with the Bullet, but both cars are great to drive. Now, go- I think that was a stunning breakdown. Thank because you. Because I haven't driven either one of those cars, therefore I don't want to give my opinion. Right, but as a guy that has multiple cars, you can consider collectability. You can say, I'm going to put a Demon in the garage and never touch it, and also I'll have a Hellcat or a whatever or a whatever and a Charger and and whatever to drive every day. So um, uh, that's fantastic, and it's it's a gift uh, that not many people are able to have. So my well, thought— it's all, re- it's all relative, dude. You know, you know that. Right, so. right. So what I'm saying is, is, is I thought about a GT350 as well, but I kind of do think, like, if I have a GT350, like, I was like, I was thinking, I'm going to sell my BMW, sell my Alfa Romeo, take that money, dump it into a GT350 and drive it every day. And I'm still thinking about doing that. But also, it makes me think a little bit like, maybe I keep the BMW and drive that and put a little less miles on the GT350. Although, the BMW is probably faster than the GT350 by the time I get that boost turned up. But uh, uh, anyway, that's kind of where we are. Uh, Chris, what else you got? All right. We also have some Facebook questions. Josh wants to know, is Goldberg attending Barrett-Jackson next year? Oh, Barrett-Jackson, Scottsdale. You've got to be more specific. Barrett-Jackson um, in AZ. Yeah, I'm assuming Scottsdale. You know what? Um, for the past four years, it's been my plan to take the candy matic there and sell it. And as you have seen for the past four years, I have not, <laughs> not done it. Again, for the fifth year, that is my plan to be there in January. But, you know, you never know if uh, season three for Knife or Death is going to be filming then, if we get another season. But it's uh, it's all completely dependent upon work. So I'd say we're about a 50-50 chance right now. And I, it's an auction I'd love to go to. I haven't been in a long time. So Right. So your intention is to go, and it comes down to work. Bingo. Right on. All right, that event. Stone Doan wants to know, when will we see Matt and Goldberg do a 24 Hours of Lemons race? <laughs> can we uh, use my Jesus, alpha? Is that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a couple cards that we can use in that one, too. Yeah. Do we get, do we get points for pit stops or breakdown, the amount of breakdown? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, people have been asking me about that event for years and years. I've, I haven't had a chance to do it. It always sounds like fun, and it really just comes down a lot of like scheduling stuff. It's like how do you put a car together and 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 whatnot. And look, I've got I've got a Mustang that's sitting on a lift and over you know in the other building, and it's been there for two years because I get over there every other weekend uh, to to start working on it. So I couldn't imagine what it's going to take for me to put together a lemons car. But uh, I'm down for anything. It sounds like it would be fun. There's nothing nicer than going around a track at 37 miles an hour. 
Yeah, there is. I want to do that. I want to go. I'm going to break the 200 mile an hour gimmick. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the, that. I'll do the lemon gimmick if you do the 200 mile an hour thing with me. I, 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 I'm down for it. I'll tell you what. Our guy Sean in the shop who works on all of our cars, he's got a red hat. He's he's done the 200 mile an hour uh, on the on the salt flats, I guess, or Bonneville or something. He's in that club. Um, and he, he mentions it to me every time I talk about going fast. He's like, I've done it. <laughs> I was like, I'm, he's got his shirt. He's got his hat. He's got all that stuff. I was like, I know, but we haven't done it yet. I know you've done it. So coach us up or something. Let's get out there. Let's do it. Um, all right, let's try, uh, let's try one more and then we'll wrap it up. All right, we got one more. This is Matt. He emailed us. Hey guys, I have a dilemma. I'm in love with both rally and road racing, but I only have one race car. I really enjoy the rally racing. But it's just not that big here in the States versus road racing. What is your take on what I should do and why rally racing still hasn't taken off in the States? Bill, have you done any rally stuff? No, I'd like to, but you know, my body, I don't know if my body could take it. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. It's a pretty interesting I'm, point. I'm completely I'm completely serious. But I, I think it would be a lot of fun. I'd love to do it. Um I, I would much prefer road racing, but um, it's a preference. Uh, you, uh, you got to look monetarily what they, how they compare against each other, running a year of each. Um, I would imagine both you're breaking down quite often. Um, you're probably starting off. With, I mean, I, I don't know. At, at the end of the day, for me, it's about, it's just about Great. preference. What do you like better? Yeah. You know? You know, I, I don't know enough about uh, the the behind-the-scenes stuff of rally racing to say uh, do it because it's more affordable or do it because it's more available. Or, you know, I don't know the politics and the finances behind it, so I couldn't speak to that. But it does seem like uh, things are happening in that world, certainly with Rallycross and the guys like Ken, Bro- uh, Ken Block and Tanner Faust and what they've done for the sport. Um, and I'm sure there's other names that I, I'm not aware of. And forgive me because I'm, I'm not dialed into it. But um, I believe there's like schools and, and like dirt, uh, dirt fish. Uh, um. You know, comparatively, there are opportunities to do it in the States now. But it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not a sport that's taken off um, in, a, in a short period of time. But what it's done in the short period of time, I'd say the last two years, is it's grown tenfold of what it did before that. So yeah. I think a couple of years down the road, like you said, you know, a couple schools and a couple uh, tracks are going up now. It's just like, you know, uh, Metzger and the guys, when they first started putting, uh, you know, uh, motocross parks at their house, you know, it just takes a couple more American drivers to start the frenzy um, to be with the big manufacturer to win a couple of races and, and started going here in the states i mean i think it's going to catch on yeah. a little bit more than it has and it has in the last couple of years so. you know to, to answer matt's question i would say maybe rally maybe try rally go go try it and see and and it sounds like it'd be fun and maybe you have a little more control over over your fate as far as you build a team or do you do it as a hobby i can tell you this i've done a handful of track days on a road course and they've always been fantastic uh but also i went out to vegas and i did the vor off-road uh experience and i took some of their their trucks 
and ran it around their short course and hit the dirt and hit the jumps and the tabletops, and that was fantastic. It was so much fun. I went out there in a couple, like, supercharged uh, Roush Raptors from a few years ago, and then I went out there in their little uh, their little trophy trucks uh, powered by, like, four-liter Ford engines and stuff, and it was a blast. It was so much fun to do um, and just kind of – drifting it through the dirt on like a bank turn and stuff and then hitting the jumps. I thought it was so much fun. And for that reason, was I would it, love was it. hard on you? You know, they set those up with the suspension being kind of soft, but there is it, – it, it, everything is so dramatic. It's like when you get into a turn, you get all this crazy body roll in yeah. those trucks, you know. But also you feel like you're going to flip over. So it was a different experience. Um, I'm sure – in real racing environments, it's pretty brutal on 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 you physically. But the way they have that experience set up, it's like going to a bondurant school where they try to make it as safe and capable for almost anybody. Um, yeah. So I would say get out there and try it. I think you'd have a blast doing it. Um, I did it in ba- I did it in Baja. I did it in Cabo. That's right. Um, yeah. You know, but it's just it, it's a completely different visceral feeling. I mean. Um, you got the dirt, you got the, the I, I don't know, man, you got everything flying on you. Um, you're out in the elements and you, it is big, it, it is a big body roll. You know, you got a lot of travel, whereas in, on a road course, you're, everything's tight, you know, so the speed's a lot different, but I, the, I don't know. The speed for me is scarier when you're off road. Yeah. Um, it's a different kind of thrill ride for sure. Um, yeah. One is one is a little I don't know. It just feels like a little more precise and planned, and and one's a little more hectic and noisy and bumpy. Like you said, uh, uh, you know, we can sit down and go, "Hey, man, at Laguna Seca, you really need to hit turn three, and you know, got to hit the <laughs> rumble strip." You know, but you're doing Baja. You don't. You don't like. You, you can't say, well, look, 17 and a half minutes into it or whatever, there's there's this crazy bump. I'm sure there's a version of that, but it just seemed a little less predictable. So um, they're two different things, so I'm not quite sure. But I kind of like the idea of, of the rally stuff for sure. Um, all right, we're going to wrap things up. I'm going to tell you guys about Dodge. Your authorized Dodge dealer invites you to experience a world of performance, design, and fuel efficiency. Schedule a test drive today. If you go to Dodge.com and visit your local Dodge dealer to learn more about the exciting offers of our powerful lineup. Bill, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, We're going to have to chat soon about getting you back up here into the studio. We can do this face-to-face. We'll have uh, Alistair Weaver from Edmonds come back in. I know he's been traveling and doing a lot, so we'll talk to him as well. Um, As always, guys, uh, thanks for listening. You can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CarCastShow. You can follow me at Motorator on all of those platforms. And uh, uh, And you can follow me again uh, because I got my accounts back after being hacked. Uh, The Goldberg Garage and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram and Twitter are back in business. Great. There you go. Goldberg Garage and Goldberg's Garage uh, on on, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, all right, uh, Bill, thanks for so much for calling in. Thanks, Chris, in the booth, as always, working it. And uh, until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. Boom, boom. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast. 
is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. We'll be right back. 